pussy boy. And you know this, man. There's no excuse for not living up to the, your fullest potential. No excuse. I mean, you're looking at people that start off with a small vision, and that vision manifested into something beyond expectation. I just told you who I thought I was. A guy. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. go, go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? It is another episode with your host from the West Coast, Boogie the Beast. I am blessed to be in front of one of my very good friends. Throwback Thursday. I haven't seen this man because he's been out here grinding and all that stuff. I'm going to get to him in a second, but I wanted to just give a little background information. Born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. He was a North High School graduate, one of the best high schools in North. I mean, the best high schools in Arizona, excuse me. And uh, now he's off to bigger and better things on the East Coast. My man, Alan Williams. Hey, what's up, everybody? My guy, my guy, I appreciate you sitting down with me real quick. I just wanted to take this time. Uh, we'll get to some of the things I want to congratulate you for, but for sure. nonetheless, uh, thank you for sitting down with me today. Um, so literally, just talking about you, a lot of people know who you are from your name already, but, you know, ball is life for you, man. How, how, how does it feel, man? Uh, it's awesome, man. I, I get to do what I love to do on a daily basis, night in and night out. Um, during the offseason, I work out, and that's my job. So it's, a, it's truly a blessing to be able to see how far I've been able to come, and I'm just really excited for the potential of, of, of getting even further. So. Uh, what I what, what age can you remember? Who put a basketball in your hands at an early age? Definitely my dad. So my dad played in college at the University of Oklahoma. Shout out, Pops. Yep. Um, so I remember I was like three, two or three years old, and he had basketballs around his office and stuff, and I'd pick them up and just start dribbling. And I just always had a natural feel for the game, and it's just was something that was really fun for me, and then the height helped a lot, six, eight, six, nine now. <laughs> And he so, literally grew every, every single, single year, year in high school. He would, yeah. he'd, uh, he'd bust his toe, grow about yeah. three inches. Yeah. He'd hurt his arm, which has nothing to do with it, yeah. grow another three inches. Sure. My man, definitely. So can you just take us briefly through the journey from, like you said, uh, being in your dad's office, basketball, through club basketball, yeah. and then start me out at high school. Like, how, how was the high school journey? And then after that? It was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of basketball. It's just like I, you kind of described it. Um, it just always seemed like I was doing something with some team. So got to high school, obviously North High School, one of the best high schools in Phoenix. Shout out. Two-time state champions. Shout out. Triple-double um, in the finals. We were, we were balls. <laughs> we went crazy. But um, no, in all, in, all, in all reality, I went there for the opportunity. Had a really good educational program, the International Baccalaureate program, which I was a part of. Didn't finish it, but I was definitely a part of it, and that was a draw. <laughs> but also just the camaraderie between the basketball team. Uh, the community and just the, the kind of family feel that we had there. And as soon as I stepped on the campus, I could tell that it was going to be something special for me and my career. So uh, starting off there, playing freshman JV my freshman year, and then moving up to varsity and learning the game more and more and kind of understanding my body more as I went along too. Uh, it was definitely a, 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 a trying experience because I didn't know how good I was going to be. Um, Big knew, body though. Yeah, for sure. I was a lot heavier. I knew I had a, a lot of skill. I had good hands, good feet, but uh, physically I just hadn't grown into my body yet. And I just, you know what I mean, with, 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 with hormones and girls and school and everything going on, having a way that at football a, yeah, and baseball right, in between at a young age, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's a lot to kind of handle and deal with. And I, and I learned how to deal with all that as I grew up and people like you and, and obviously other of my teammates and stuff like that and friends really helped me get through those times where it was just like, ah, oh, damn, I don't really know what's, what's, what's going on with me. So, um, that happened, and obviously I was able to have a really polished and, and good high school career, which, which got me to the University of California, Santa Barbara. Shout out Gauchos out there, UCSB. All day, baby. How was that, How was that experience to go out there? Man, it was amazing. You know, to go from Phoenix, where it's hot as 
H E L um, L. And and to be able to do that and go to the place like Santa Barbara, California, one of the, easily one of the most beautiful campuses in the world, uh, was was really a, a, a blessing for me. And just to be able to get away from from Phoenix and everything that I've had here and kind of start and create myself again was was truly a blessing. And I think that those four years I had at UC Santa Barbara really shaped me to who I am today. And I, I can't be nothing but thankful to the Gauchos and the, the community of Santa Barbara for the amazing time that I had there and uh, obviously the good basketball that I played too. Definitely, because I was going to say, I'm not a, a huge statistics man like that, but you did lead the NCAA, I want to say, sophomore year or junior year? So junior year and senior year. I led junior year and senior year. Back. Led the NCAA. and like that five of us that's ever done it. So it's, it's, that was I mean, blessing. it's a pretty prestigious list. That was, so it's all, awesome. obviously something really cool. So then you got from there four years, yeah. graduated, and went on to the declaring uh, for the draft. How how was that? Can you uh, just briefly touch on it? Or yeah, no, I mean it was <clears throat> it was crazy. You know that pre-draft. People don't understand the pre-draft process because obviously it's not really televised or, or publicized. It's it's literally you're done with school and you go to wherever you train. For me, it was I was in Carson, California, at Exos at the Step Up Center, and would literally go there at eight o'clock in the morning and leave at like four p.m just straight training. So it was weightlifting, conditioning, basketball, physical therapy, all in one location. I remember coming back home to my uncle's house, which I stayed in in LA, um, and just being dead tired every single day and just like, yo, this is how it's gonna be forever, you know what I mean? And not having to worry about school or classes, and being able to focus on on just myself and basketball was definitely something that I didn't get a chance to experience before. So it was a trying experience for me. And then you fly to different cities and different teams to do the workouts. And the workouts are judged, and they don't tell you any feedback after you're done. So you leave not knowing whether you did well or not. So it was like an interview without talking. Absolutely, for, for the most part. Absolutely. I mean, they did their interviews and stuff like that. Right. But just you know, usually when you get an interview, you can kind of gauge it and get feedback. They were so just just locked down with everything Poker in their whole. Face. Yeah, for sure. So that's crazy. It's um, it was definitely stressful to figure it out, but I'm, I'm glad I went through it and I got a chance to understand what that grind was really like. So. So uh, you did. You uh, decided not to go to uh, the draft in New York. Yeah. Um, and you stayed home with family. Yep. Um, and can you just walk people through, um, if you don't mind, what did it feel like when you didn't hear your name that day? It was crazy. I didn't do like a crazy draft party or anything like that. I think it was myself and probably like eight or nine of my family members at dinner, and we had the TV on, watching it. Obviously, I had my phone on, waiting for my agent to call me. And uh, there was, like, different scenarios and opportunities and where I probably could have been drafted in the second round, but I didn't want to be a draft and stash guy. I didn't want to have to go straight to the developmental league uh, or straight to Europe and be a draft and stash kind of guy. So I wanted to be able to have my freedom and my, my opportunity to be able to choose and pick kind of where I went if I was going late. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I still thought I was going to get drafted because everybody was telling me I was going to get drafted. And just to see that last pick, that number 60 go down, and it wasn't me, was uh, – was a, a felt like the weight of the world was just on me at that moment, like it's such a like a thousand pounds on my chest. And uh, I remember going outside, shed a couple of tears, talked to my agent. He's like, "Yep, yeah, you're going somewhere for summer league. You'll go to Charlotte. You'll play there." And I was like, "All right, cool. I'm ready to go. Whatever it is." So it was like the tears happened for like two seconds. Kind of got up and said, "All right, this is the next part of the journey." And that's just kind of how being a professional is. You just gotta kind of pick up and go at any time. And, make sure that you're ready to, to do anything that you need to do. Bounce so, back, bounce sure. back just like that. So went through the summer league, um, and then after that, uh, didn't get a call. And then just briefly, and I keep saying briefly because I know this man's got stories, and I, I want everybody to hear it, but I'm going to let him shout out everything on how you can follow him at the end. But 
what was it like uh, declaring basically and being like, oh, I'm going to China for a year? Uh, it was different. You know what I mean? It was it was an opportunity financially and, and basketball-wise to, to be able to go somewhere and experience the world. And uh, I was all for it. You know, my agent put it on the table for me compared to, like, other camp offers and stuff like that with less compensation. I was like, no, let's go get the money. Uh, let's uh, – experience something I never experienced. Go get the money. Go get the money. Sure. How, what that. did it feel like to be like the tall black dude? Literally like the movies and stuff like that yeah. where you were literally like one of the biggest dudes probably walking around at any given time or I mean it, it was it wasn't as crazy as you thought. Obviously there's there's a lot less diversity in China than there is in here in the United States. Um so that was definitely different just not being able to see as many people of color uh, or even people that spoke English in the region that I was in. But uh, I didn't feel too different from, like, a college situation. I'm 6'9 anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. I'm 6'9 anywhere. Yeah, you're so not too small. For sure. So it's, <laughs> so, it's, so it's people looking at me crazy all the time anyway. And so the love that the Chinese people showed me and obviously the city of Qingdao, uh, it was, it was a truly a blessing to be able to go over there and be a part of that and, and do that. And I'm, I'm glad I did it for my professional career. That's awesome, man. And while you were over there, it was like, 35 and 19 or no, something crazy, crazy like, like that. that. It was definitely a my player it was, situation. No, it was definitely – I had the ball in my hand a lot, which is nice. I knew that, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen again at another point in my career. So I was glad I was able to go out there and get some more buckets. Oh, man. So then you came back um, and you got the call for Phoenix. Yeah. First one was a 10-day contract. Yep. And uh, then they brought you on after that. What did it feel like to be a hometown hero? Like coming back to the same city that raised you and brought you up and grew you, helped grow you into the person who you were? I was like in disbelief, man. You know, I in college, those four years, I came, I didn't come back a lot. You know what I mean? I didn't come back to Phoenix a lot. Obviously, the summers were brutal, so I wasn't trying to be in the heat. And two, Santa Barbara's just a nice place. I had workouts, I had school and all that stuff. So being able to come back as an adult and as a like a changed person really was a, a cool experience. And the city of Phoenix obviously was super receptive of me and the situation that I was in. And you know what I mean? I loved every second of it. Every second of it, so. That's love, man. And then, um, so just going off of that also, what do you think uh, is the hardest part of the actual grind of, like you said, going from pre-draft to the interviews to not being drafted, going overseas and proving you belong on a spot to getting into the league and then you're there. What's the what's the hardest part when you put it all together? Do you think it's the, the mental? It's the mental. You know, the physical part, you know what I mean? You're a basketball player and there's, thousands and thousands of basketball players in the world and I don't know if I'm that much better than a guy playing somewhere else you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day just being able to stay within my faith staying humble and and just continuing to work hard every single day knowing that it's going to pay off every time that I've been in a situation and had to be humbled you know what I mean And, and, and been cut or been waived or been told I'm not good enough that's the motivating factor that just goes into the work that I put in so it always pays off. And uh, for anybody out there that kind of like struggles with, with issues like that, I just say bust your butt and just continue to work hard because the, the door is going to open. God closes the door and another one always opens up. And you just got to continue to work hard and, and, and find that whatever that door is. So, Love that. I love that. Quick question, though, also, before we get on to the next part. Yeah. Where does the nickname Sauce come from? Uh, well, big, big Sauce. Yeah, big what, sauce. what is Big Sauce? Uh, shout out to my brother Cody for the nickname. Cody, we were, shout we were, out. We were on a, a road trip, me and a couple of my boys in college. And uh, Cody's an artist. And he draws and always drawing cartoon strips and stuff like that. And he made a cartoon strip for, for all of us. And somehow he thought the word Sauce was, was pretty big in pop culture. And I was big, always big, so... <laughs> 
Um, I, I had swag, and he thought I had swag, so he drew me as this guy, big sauce, super fresh, with the goatee and kind of the hair I have now. So it kind of stuck, and I put it as my Twitter handle. And then I remember it was a game of UNLV against against UNLV in Las Vegas my junior year, and I guess the reporter or somebody saw that handle and tweeted, "Big Sauce is killing the running rebels" or something like that, and it just kind of stuck from then on. And the sauce is forever. The sauce is forever. Now. <laughs> Shout out away. to Cody. Shout out to Cody. I can't go away. All right, Say Loud Podcast, once again, we're sitting down with my man, Alan Williams. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into this. I'm going to get him out of here after this next one. So a little less about you and a little bit more about who your family is and all that stuff. So your parents to you, obviously, are just your parents, but to the city of Phoenix and Arizona, they've built up quite a resume. Um, mother's the chief of police now, first African-American chief of police of Phoenix, and your father is now going on his third, fourth, Third or fourth, I can't keep counting. Fourth term yeah, now because he just won. Yeah, he just won. Um, and what what position does he hold as the judge? Now? He's the justice of the peace. Yeah, justice for of the, the South peace. Mountain region of the Maricopa County. That's so, so awesome. Um, what does it feel like when you were growing up to know who your parents were versus like now as an adult, where you're building a legacy of your own to see what your parents are to the city? I was, I was always super proud. You know, what I mean, a lot of people would be like. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? A lot of pressure to have to live up to your parents' standards. And I never saw it that way. I always saw it as motivation. You know what I mean? I wanted to be just like them and, and be pu- a public servant just like they've been their whole careers. And, you know what I mean? I, I love my city. I love where I'm from. And I want to do everything that I can to better that city. And uh, my parents have, have done a tremendous job of doing that. And they continually do that. So just growing up, I've just always been super proud of who they are and always been super proud to be their son. And now that I'm able to build my own legacy here, it's, a, it's truly a blessing to be able to do that. Who had a cooler job, your mom at the precinct or the police departments or your dad at the courthouse or being out with him perfecting your Spanish, by the way? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. You know, I think that both of their jobs were really cool. My dad was a councilman for eight years, so I got a chance to go around and, and, and kind of be a, a political tool for my dad, helping out and, and, and going to events and, and always learning and soaking up as much as I could. My mom was always, I, you know I mean? I wasn't able to go around with her in like her police car or anything like that. So I got to experience my dad's jobs a lot more just because of the access. But my mom's always had a really cool job too. She carries a gun for a living. So, <laughs> any, any, you know I mean? She's, she's a, she's and she a can have bodyguards guy. at yeah, any she, given time. For sure. No, she's, She's really, she's really something. So it's, it's always been a blessing to have both of my parents working. And uh, first and foremost, they've always been parents. Right. I mean, so that's that's the coolest part about them. Like, at the end of the day, they're my mom and dad first. Right. And then Chief of Police and Justice of the Peace third, second, or whatever you want to put it. So That's love. And then aside from your last name, you know, you were talking about, you mentioned it, you know, building your legacy and creating what you have right now. Um, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind, you know, when you look forward and, like, We'll say 20 years. I just want to be able to people to be able to say that he cared and uh, he, he put action. You know what I mean? Not just words. He put action into what he wanted to do. And uh, he bettered his community, left the world a better place than when he found it. And if I can do that, besides all the basketball accolades and all the other stuff that comes with that, if I can leave that legacy on the city kind of like my parents and my grandparents did before them, um, that's, that's really all I'm looking for. And uh, Obviously, to be comfortable with my own family and all that kind of stuff, but for the most part, just leaving a legacy of, of, of public service to know that I really care about this community and this city, and I always will. So you run a basketball camp now. Yep. Uh, you guys just had your second annual this summer. Shout out to Combined uh, World Sports or Combined Sports? Combined World. Combined World. Um, what, what is it like to be able to go back into your high school 
see new, uh, you know, like a new um, court, new rims and everything like that and be able to bring kids into that school and just do a summer camp around basically, you know, what's brought you to be where you are. It's super awesome, man. Like to be able to go back and give back is, is always something and I always want to help the children of the community out and, and, and teach them, but they teach myself and, and my group a lot. You know what I mean? We, we learn a lot every year we do these camps and any events that we do get a chance to do because we get to see the impact that we leave on the community. And at the end of the day, that's kind of the back and behind the combined world mindset and kind of like what I wanted to do. And like I said, going back to that legacy talk, just to continue to, to, to build up the community in the best way. And it starts with the youth. It always has and it always will. So, What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? Once again, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. This is that part of the time in the episode where I start doing commercials and shouting people out. But as of right now, I don't have any companies or anybody to shout out. So if you or if you know anybody who has a small company, a business organization, anybody that wants to get something on these podcasts, please DM me, message me. Let's get in contact. It's all about connecting. It's all about growth. So let's get to it and let's get back to this episode. All right, last little piece and I'm going to let my man Sauce go. Um, So I wanted to leave it to the end, but the next chapter is here. Uh, By the time you guys will hear this, he'll already be there. But your next chapter is getting ready to start. You're going off to play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, what does it feel like to get uh, a, a new starter, a, a new experience in a new facility, a new camp, the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference? You know, what, what's going through your mind? Work, you know what I mean? And that's how I see it. You know, I see it as a new opportunity, a new city, a new community to be able to leave an impact on. But first and foremost, it's the ability to continue to work and do what I love to do. And anywhere I get a chance to do that, I'm, I'm just super blessed and humbled and happy to be able to be a part of an organization like the Brooklyn Nets and uh, to continue my career and hopefully build something there that uh, that I can really uh, look back on and say that I, I left my mark. So I want to go out there and work hard and, and just do what I do. Are you excited or are you nervous for the cold? Uh, never nervous. I, I did cold <laughs> in China. For, oh, that's right. China was freezing. So, What is it like? Cold, cold bro, or was, like? Bro, it was <laughs> Easily negative 15, oh, 10 no, degrees. No. So you already China, got the goose. So I, got, the but I wasn't out and about. You know what I mean? New York, I'm Facts. sure I'll be out and about seeing things and different stuff like that. So I, I don't know how to really prep for it. <laughs> I definitely didn't pack for it. So hopefully <laughs> I, they can help me out with, with some things, with some winter coach or something like that. So Have any of your new teammates reached out to you or, uh, you know, because you're going to be uh, reconnecting actually with Jared yeah. Dudley. Right, so um, I, I know so. JD, I know D-Lo, you know, so I, I got a chance to hang out with them both. Uh, a lot during my time in the NBA. And then the NBA is such a small, tight-knit family that you know most of the guys and most of the guys know you. So it's, it's pretty familiar faces. And, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's like going to work, it's like a new position and going to work. So I want to leave my impact on my teammates and, you know, just let them know that I'm always there to support them in any way. So uh, I'm ready to get out there and get to it. Are you more excited to, like I said, reconnect with JD or create a new handshake with D-Lo? <laughs> Me and JD already have a, a, a handshake, so I'm sure me and D will, will, will make one up too. So we're going we're gonna to get that right. Definitely have to have one. And then uh, one of the last things, going into the next season uh, with an off-season full of practices um, and new albums that just dropped, headphones in your ears, it's the new grind, it's the new work, it's the new season. Who's the top five albums in your phone right now that get in the rotation? Um, Drake or some Travis Scott in there too. Okay, okay. But, uh, for the most part, it's slow. That's what's up. Um, so the last little piece, I always do this to anybody uh, that comes on the podcast before I say all the thank yous and all that stuff. Uh, a high school, Alan Williams, uh, is looking at all his you know, acceptance letters for college, uh, people, scouts, letters, and all that stuff. But he gets a letter from a future self. Um, what would you say to yourself writing backwards right now to a high school, Alan Williams, is, we'll say junior year? 
I just, I'd probably just say it's, it's going to be tough. You know what I mean? And, and to continue to work hard, kind of like I did. It's just continue to take everything, you know what I mean? Take the good with the bad. I know it sounds super cliche, but it's, it's honest, you know what I mean? There's going to be situations that you'll be in where you think that there may be no end in sight, but you're going to get through it. And uh, to continue to pray, continue to stay humble, have fun, and work hard. If you're able to do that, you know, you'll, you'll be all right. That's love. That's love. And last but not least, Alan, thank you so much for sitting down with me like always before you take off to yeah. the East. I'm sure I'll be out there hopefully catching a away game or a home game. I'll snatch my way out there somehow. Yeah. Um, plug yourself. Plug anything you want. Uh, you know, your handles. How do we How do we stay connected with you? How do we help for next year's summer camp if you have anything like that? I mean, everything that I got is Alan, A-L-A-N-T Williams. And that's on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. So follow me, you know, show love and, you know what I mean, to continue to, to support me in any way. I, I really do appreciate it. And, and, and thank you all to all the listeners because I know you guys are, are, are truly special. So I also want to thank you, Boogie, for having me on here. The work you're doing is, is really inspired and great. And as a big brother, I look up to you, man. And I'm really excited for the future for you. That's love, man. I just got the goosebumps. Let me get off this while I go hug him and cry. Yeah. Once again, it's Say Loud Podcast, iTunes, Slash Podcast, SoundCloud. We're going to Google next. We're going to YouTube next. We're taking over the world. Thank you so much once again for listening. Stay black and then stay woke.